That song has been playing in my spirit probably the past month or so. Um, some things or some songs I would say when I am in a place <laughs> um, in my mind internally thinking about life, thinking about my life in particular and where it is, where it's not. Um, purpose and you know all kinds of questions that some of us may ask the father often or just even ask ourselves because of you know where we are in our lives um, at any given point or you know so that song is by Lexi um, it's called there's more and um, yeah we are in a pandemic have been in this pandemic since March and here it is August almost September and we're only about four months to the end of the year of 2020 many people have complained about the pandemic many people have been frustrated you know many people have lost their lives have died have become sick life has just been altered you know from what is quote unquote normal and there have been so many changes um so many people have lost their homes their jobs you know just different things happening and with me i actually welcomed this um <laughs> this time of just being closed in although i have not been closed in as often as I would like because of a new business I uh, have jumped into and it's been prospering and everything and I'm looking forward to it prospering even the more to go along with the other businesses that I have um, but because of my being an introvert um, this has just really truly been in my you know my comfort zone my vein you know my mode my mood however you want to call it whatever definition you want to create for it um so it has not affected me um like many other people who are ext extroverts or whatever or who love to be around people all the time 
I have my moments and that's what us introverts are. You know, we have our moments when we want to be around people, but it's kind of like I was talking to one of my cousins who's also a twin, um, Arlene, a couple of weeks ago, um, and she's the same way. And as we're talking, her dad is the same way, which is my uncle. He's my mother's brother. Um, I think he was right under her. And apparently our grandfather was the same way. He was a quiet man. He, you know, he worked, he came home, he got into his place, uh, you know, just TV and chilling. And he was content. That's the same thing with me. That's the same thing with my cousin. So now I know that it's not just me. It's a family thing. (laughs) And it's perfectly fine for me. Because I do, as I say, I have those moments when I want to be around people. We have those moments when we want to be around people. Because we're social beings. Of course, God created us to have relationships. So we can't be hermits all of our lives you know that's just not normal and in that place that's really not a normal place that's really not the way our creator the heavenly father created his people to be his creation his human beings you know to be um exclusive or excluded from people and social you know but of course with this time right now of being forced to be you know in places of somewhat solidarity I guess are you know being introverts when you're not normally an introvert a lot of people are having issues with that you know I've heard a few people saying that you know they've I don't know if it's factual but I think there's a, a father who lost his son to suicide because of this quote unquote but we never really know what causes a person to commit suicide. It could be a many factors, not just this this pandemic. And I'm not taking away from what he's he's expressed, but we just really don't know. You know, there are so many reasons why people would want to lose their lives. And the main factor is because they've lost hope. They don't see a purpose for them being here. They're listening to the lies that are chiming and and speaking louder in their minds that the world would be a better place if you are not here my 14 year old daughter has dealt and battled with this i've dealt with this not to that well i have dealt with it to a degree i don't i can't say verbatim that i've heard you know well actually yes i have just thinking about it right now um it wasn't those exact words that she heard that you know the world will be a better place without you being here but i've said often that i used to say often i should say that i would just be better if i were there if i was there with you god you know if i was at home with you i would just be better you know it would just be better for me or whatever but being an introvert um and amazingly, this is not what I was coming on here to talk about, but <laughs> I think it's an interesting thing because of the time that we're in and I need to talk. So this is my outlet, too, because when you are an introvert, such as myself, um, you tend to internalize a lot of things. Um, and that's a process for me. A lot of times it could be something considered to be negative or have a negative effect to it or effect to it because you're doing so much internalizing or you're internalizing so much of your thoughts on a day-to-day basis um, that 
it can lead to depression. And that's where I, I find myself or have found myself in the past. And I didn't know anything about depression. The first time I heard of the word was hmm, 1998. And that was the year that my mother passed away. Um, I was 24 years old. Um, she died January 13th of 1998. Basically a month and seven days after I was married. And so my godmother had asked me, well, actually, I'll take that back. That was the first time I experienced depression. But the first time I actually heard the word depressed or are you the question asked of me was from my godmother. I was living with her at the time. And I think somewhere between 95 and 96 or 97. Um, And she we were just sitting down talking and everything. And she asked me, she said, are you depressed? And I was like, in my mind, like, what is that? You know, I didn't know what it was. And surprisingly, a lot of people, you know, well, I'll just say for me, because I'm, I'm very rare and I am aware that I'm a rare being. Um, I don't know what class I'm in or whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I've often called myself weird. My mom used to call me weird, but it's just I am a different person and I've always been that way. And I'm embracing that. And I love that about me. You know, sometimes I, I would I wished I was like people are certain people I guess but I'm learning to embrace who I am who God has created me to be and I'm uh, moving forward in becoming the me that I am to be and the me that he's always seen you know but getting to the, the depression you know with this pandemic there are so many people who are used to being around people and now they're finding themselves being forced to not be around people in close proximity and yes it's to some degree of most of the you know um what am i trying to say mostly it's because we're needing to stay safe you know because there unfortunately has been a couple of people that one in particular that i've known since she was four years old contracted the covid and passed away a month ago at 25 then three two weeks after that a business partner a brand new business partner of mine who joined the business that i just joined in april she joined a little bit after i did under me and you know never met her physically but we had a relationship as far as you know I've talked to her via messenger on Facebook and, you know, checked in on her, checked in on how she was doing with her business. You know, did she have any questions on getting started? I was offering my services of helping her to launch it and everything like that. And she had talked to me about, you know, taking care of her godmother who had been sick with cancer, I believe. And, you know, working and things like that and you know I was periodically checking with her or checking on her I should say just just to see how she was doing you know and the last time I remember checking on her was a month before I found out that she had passed away and it really hurt me because I felt like I knew her 
And that's strange for a lot of people, I believe, because I didn't physically meet her and I couldn't physically meet her because we're in a pandemic, you know, but I just felt like I knew her, you know, I, I mean, talking to her on Messenger and her sharing her life with me, just a little bit of the things that she was going through and me offering, you know, prayer and praying to her and encouragement and things like that. And just being there for her, you know, um, in that way, even though we're bus- we were business partners, but still offering that part of myself to pray with her and pray for her and what the, the things that she was going through and to just find out via Facebook that she had passed away and I'm like oh my god and I just I couldn't do anything but cry and so these are the things that I don't like about the pandemic because there are so many people passing away whether it's because of COVID them contracting COVID which she did because she was a a, a city of Houston employer employee and she along with two other men I believe have also passed away they caught you know, they were exposed to the COVID. And I think her, she had some pre-existing health issues because when I read the last message that I sent her, um, she was talking about, you know, she was just tired because of all the working that she was doing and then her asthma and stuff was acting up. So she had some issues, but even in that, you know, it's, it's hard because we're in this situation to where we're not supposed to gather in crowds of more than 10 people or whatever. And we're, we're having to wear these masks, which people are, are saying that it's not healthy for us to wear the mask. But what do you do? You know, and the hardest part for me has been dealing with the death of people that I've known for years. Those like my business partner that I have not known for years, but I still had somewhat of a relationship with her. And then recent, even more recent last week, finding out that one of my classmates from college, Texas Southern University, um, passed away in his apartment. They found him, you know, by himself. And he's, he's from Houston, but he lives and he lived in Maryland, going to school, finishing up graduate school. And so me finding out again that he had passed away via Facebook. And it hurt my heart because the the thing that we have, we had a relationship. He looked at me as his big sister. I looked at him as my little brother. He respected me. I respected him. I ministered to him. I prayed for him. I prayed with him. He shared his testimony with me. You know, this was six years ago. And to hear that he was found dead in his apartment, that was really heart-wrenching. And I couldn't do anything but scream out and cry and I felt like I was I was having a panic attack because it just it was yeah. So this is the thing that has I, above anything else going on in this world as far as the pandemic is concerned and the craziness in the office of the presidency and people just killing for no reason just because they don't like the color of your skin or just doing stuff just just evil. Evil is so prevalent in this world that it's, oh my God, it makes you want to not be here. But there is a purpose. And so that's why I'm still here. But that is the hardest thing that I've held, I've had to deal with since we've been 
um, placed on this level red with this COVID of being home. And the reason being is because these people were alone. The young lady that I mentioned first, she was in the hospital and her family couldn't come and visit her because of the COVID. So she was alone physically, but I know God was with her, but still to not have family there with her, you know, and her mom and grandparents and brothers and sisters couldn't say goodbye. Her dad couldn't say goodbye to her, you know, and that's hard. The same with probably with my business partner. That's hard. The family not being able to be with their loved ones, you know, and with my my little brother that just passed away, his family and his mom is all the way here in Houston and her, his brother, his whole family is just here and finding out that their loved one passed away and they were not there you know they couldn't be there with them that's the hardest thing that i've held i've had to deal with and so like i was saying before with depression the first time i ever heard or was asked that question was i was i think 20 years old maybe and my godmother and i again we were sitting talking and she asked me that and i was like i don't know what that is and so but it's i think there's a law of recognition in things because when people speak something it kind of like activates something i believe and i've always thought about that so i'm wondering if that her asking me that did that activate you know or did that open a door not saying that she did it on purpose because she didn't because we always talked about everything she was a person that I could talk to and I still can talk to her you know and so yeah but I heard of it and maybe I needed to be aware because again the law of recognition means that when something given um I guess a name then it makes you aware so the first time I, I, I dealt with de depression was after the after my mom passed away, you know, after we were speaking life over her and I didn't understand the ways of God, of course. And I was just going by what my older sister was saying that she was hearing from God and we were just speaking life to her and things like that. But then I found out that she passes away and I was on my way to the hospital the two days that Monday and then that Tuesday when she actually passed, she wasn't there. She was already gone. But I didn't know that until a little bit later. But let me get off of that because I don't want to make anybody sad or anything like that. And I definitely don't want to be sad right now. And I'm really, I'm not sad, but it's like those, those have been the things since this pandemic has started that I've dealt with. And I have had to literally not... Um, get to that point to where I'm taken aback, you know, to being depressed and things like that, because those kinds of triggers will cause you if you're not focused, if you're not paying attention to taking you to that dark place. Okay. But I fight against it every day, you know? And so I encourage anyone who deals with it or who's dealt with it, that you can only internalize so long before it takes over so i would not um advise anyone to just keep it to yourself find someone that you trust um with you that you feel that can actually lend encouragement to you and not just listen to you or uh, and then you know whatever and not offer you something to where 
it's lifted off of you. That burden, that spirit of heaviness is really what it's called. That's a part of uh, what the depression is. It's under the tentacle of the strong man, which is the spirit of heaviness. And so, um, and that also comes with, you know, depression, the suicide, murderous thoughts, things like that. Um, yeah, so... I really wasn't coming on here to talk about that, but I guess I needed to talk about it. Um, so I hope that little bit has helped someone. But yeah, so um, what I wanted to come on here and talk about was um, there's a group that I'm, I guess, somewhat in charge of. Um, it's called Drink to Shrink and Be in Good Health for You. And that's the business that I'm in. Um, I offer weight loss um supplements I guess or drinks I should say it's supplements and drinks but things that will help people lose weight and it's delicious <laughs> and I mean it just tastes real good I've never had anything that actually helped me lose weight until I got with this and it was after I was praying one day to the father and I was like Lord I really need to get this weight off of me I've been this 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 fat girl has been on me for too long and she's to go she's got to go you know I said but it's so hard because I can't I don't stick to anything I keep starting and stopping um so you know I'm addicted to food or you know and it's not I mean addicted to food (sighs) I would say that I'm not addicted because I can stop at any time I choose to be addicted (laughs) <laughs> so it's all it's always a choice we always have a choice in this life whatever we do it always starts with a choice you know we it's also the thought and then you act on that thought you know depending on what it is whether it's good or negative so everything is a choice you know and so wow <laughs> that was an epiphany I guess but anyway so um yeah so I was writing the group today and um a few ladies that actually just got started with me um, and on their journey to losing weight. Um, I posted their pictures within the group and I wrote, you know, just a little word of encouragement for them because I was um, thinking about, you know, my situation with um, being on this journey for 20 plus years uh, losing weight, but I never actually took the steps toward losing weight until 2015. I have been talking about losing weight since I was in my 20s, and now I'm 46, about to be 47 in October, October 23rd, as a matter of fact. And I never, um, you know, even after all of my children, I have four children. For those of you who don't know me personally, I have four children, been married 23 years. Um, Wait, has it been 23 years? We got married in 97. Uh, ooh, long time. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I don't feel like adding it up. But it's been, it's been about 23 years. I think this year is our 23rd year. So, um, yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, so we've been, you know, I've been married for 23 years. Been knowing them for 25, 26 years. And we have four children. I lost weight with all of my children because that was one of my prayer requests. Because I already had enough fat on me that I was like, Lord, let them suck it up. And that's, they sucked it up, they did. But it was life, um, stress, um, depression that put the weight on me. 
because that was how I was coping. Um, so we have to be careful of our coping mechanisms, our, you know, our dependencies and things. So if your drug of choice is food or alcohol, I, I can't speak to alcohol. I can't speak to drugs. I can't speak to being promiscuous. I can't speak to, um, you know, shopping, um, you know, anything that's very excessive that we do to cope with stress and it really isn't positive or it does not have a positive, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Positive, I want to say connotation, but I don't think that's what it is. A positive outcome or result. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't feed you positively <laughs> because why? When you overeat, you gain weight, you become unhealthy. When you do drugs and alcohol, you're killing your your lungs and you're killing your kidneys. You you're killing yourself inside. Your heart is deteriorating, right? And that can come from food too. Um, when you're doing excessive shopping, you're killing your 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 money <laughs> and your, your your bills and stuff. You're going into debt, you know. Um, and then you have what was the other one? Being promiscuous, meaning you're having sex. Um, however you're having sex, no matter what it is, you're sleeping around, you're, you know, you're, you're doing it on yourself or you're in pornography, whatever it may be. These things eat at your soul, you know, because it's taking a piece of you and you're leaving a piece of yourself with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And it's called a soul tie. So any of those things right there that you're doing in excess in order to self-medicate yourself. Wow. I'm really talking today. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, in order to self-medicate yourself to try to um, cope with the stresses, the triggers um, that you are ingesting or that are in affecting you in a negative way. And it's, it's, a, it's something that I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't like science like that, but there's something within your, your being that has these, um, sensors to where there's an overload in your senses. And so it's like, and I read this somewhere so I'm just going to try to go by memory. I, I, I'm not going to say anything verbatim or exact, but it was, this is how I got it. It's like, you know, their senses within us, God has created us in such a way that we're so perfect, not our actions, not us as people are perfect, but the way he created us is perfect. Our bodies and our systems, you know, all of the systems that he's given us inside their triggers there, their sensors there that when there is um, trauma to the body. In any situation, form of fashion, your mind or whatever, their triggers, their hormones released, their endorphins, their whole lot of stuff, the chemicals that are released that, you know, it's everything is, is kind of like overload and it's it's working overtime and it's trying to find a way to get back to its normalcy. So you start doing things that tries to get yourself back to that normal place of peace, because I believe that we were always supposed to be in peace, you know, before Adam and Eve fell, we were always supposed to live in peace and just enjoy life but because of sin we have all of these issues we have the evil we have you know all we have sickness and disease and all kinds of craziness going on as we see now and so this was never supposed to be how we were supposed to live and so that's why we have to come back to the beginning we have to go back 
and and start again when we become born again with Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, wow. Hmm. This is an outlet for me. So I really hope it's helping someone. But this is an outlet for me. I have to talk. Whether I can talk to people or not. Because there's so many people having so many issues themselves. I don't always feel comfortable talking to people. And then again, because I internalize. I'm also not just internalizing negatively. I internalize. But I'm also talking to God in my internalizing. So it's not just me all the time anyway. Um, I would say about, I think maybe about 50% now, we're half and half now, that my internalizing thoughts and stuff, I'm not just keeping them to me. I'm asking God, why am I thinking this way? Why is this? When did this happen? I've been asking him, when did certain things happen for me that I began to be this person or began to think this way or react this way or whatever since about 2006. And so, but yeah, that's what you do. It's like, because your, um, your body is, is so traumatized or it's interrupted from its normal way of functioning. We try to find things outside of ourselves to cope and to bring some sense of normalcy back to our being. But because of those addictions, um, it makes things worse, for lack of a better description or a word to say. It makes things worse. And so we have to get to the place to where we are actually uh, running to God, our Father, our creation, I mean our Creator, because He's the one who knows how we function. And so, um, as I was encouraging the young ladies, the three young ladies that just started their journey, um, I just began to, you know, just tell them that, you know, the journey that you're about to be, that you're in take, that you're embarking on, on, or you're, you know, you're taking towards becoming a healthier you, um, you're going to have some ups and downs. And it's true because life is full of ups and downs. Not everything goes according to what we hope it to uh the way we hope it to go look at what's going on now with the pandemic people are losing themselves frantic afraid you know because you know wanting to send their children to school when there's danger in the world there's danger in the atmosphere and a lot of people are still not taking it serious that this is just something made up you know and who knows who started it? Whatever. That's not even the point. Just know that it started and, and it's not over yet. You know? And so we have to do it the best we can to do what we have to do. And God is in control. He He does everything before it comes. And he's allowing it for a purpose. For his own purpose. And when he... Um, I believe that when he sees what he needs to see, it'll be over. And we'll go back to somewhat of a normalcy, but not to the point of place, especially in his body of Christ, in the body of Christ to where we continue to stay where we are. You know, many people were upset because, well, they're closing the schools down. They're close. Well, not the clo schools. They're, they're closing. They closed the church building down and, you know, but they got the restaurants open. But we are God's people. We are under a different reign. At least we're supposed to be. If we truly call ourselves Christians or call ourselves the disciples of Jesus Christ, God's called out ones, we're not supposed to follow, um, you know, certain rules of engagement with the world. 
you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. He separated us for a reason. Now, there are rules that we follow in the, in the land. And he said that, you know, we are to follow the rules of the land. But there's still, we don't follow those rules and neglect what he's given. Because he has, you know, rules too to follow, you know. But I don't want to get into all of that because I might go off and veer somewhere else. But yeah, so as I was encouraging these ladies, um, the scripture came to mind. And I'm sure many of us have heard this, and I've heard this scripture all my life. Um, I used to be in a drill team in my old church, and we learned scripture for a routine. But those scriptures stuck because we used them in routines. And so from the age of nine up until 18, I was in this in this uh, drill team. And so the scripture came to me as I was encouraging them about... Um, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to the one who endures. And so I began to like, well, okay, where is that scripture found? Because I really never really seen the scripture, I don't think. And I think I have, but I can't remember verbatim reading it. So I Googled it. Well, I went to the, uh, my Bible app first and put in those key words. And so I was like, okay, Ecclesiastes 9:11 kept popping up. Then I Googled, I asked Google to find the scripture for me. And it says Ecclesiastes 9:11. But when I read the scripture, even in the King James Version, it did not say what I just said. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what that says. Where is the actual words that I just said? You know? And so I'm like, okay, God. Um, so where did this version come from? Because that's the one I've heard all my life. And so, question moment. Are there scriptures that you've heard all your life, but you have not actually seen or don't remember seeing in the Bible? That when you do find it, it's not it does not read the same as you heard it? Hmm. So, let me actually read this scripture. And I, um... I was meaning to have my Bible already ready. But let me read this scripture right fast. That's Ecclesiastes 9-11. And I'm not, I'm not fully settled on this version. So I'm going to be doing some digging. <clears throat> and I was actually reading a comment, some commentary about it and about its meaning. So let me get to Ecclesiastes. I like that word. That's the best word in the Bible. Excuse me, people. I'm, I'm, I'm me. I'm very unique. I am aware that I am rare. And I like it. I really used to think it was something wrong with me. But it's nothing wrong with me. It's only right with me. Now, there's some thoughts that I've had. Uh, some reactions that I've had that were not right. But me as a person, I'm okay. You hear that? Tell yourself that every day. You're okay. Alright, so we have Ecclesiastes 9 and 11. And this is in Holman Study Bible, HCSB. And it reads, Again, I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. Or the battle to the strong, or bread to the wise, or riches to the discerning, or favor to the skillful, 
or rather time and chance happen to all of them. And so one thing I have learned from my pastor, um, one of my pastors, um, Apostle Tim James, being the teacher that he is of the word is that you have to literally take apart this word. And that means that you need to have your concordance, you need to have your commentary, you need to have your dictionary, your thesaurus, whatever you need to actually break down words and give understanding of what it's saying. And you also have to go back and the prelude or what came before to find out how did we get to this part. So I have not done that yet, but I'm going to I am going to dig into that because that's saying a whole lot right there. Now, you did hear some of those words that I did mention about the swift and the strong. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong. But you have we have to figure out and not even figure out. Just go read, <laughs> you know, starting in chapter nine. And we may have to go further back than that, you know, um, back to the beginning just to see where and how did this happen? Where How did they get to that point? How did the person writing this um this chapter get to this conclusion you know we know that it all word is the word is inspired by god the scriptures are inspired by god but we still have to figure out or read upon the thing to find out what happened so i'm just going to read this little bit and i'm just not reading it with you um where it says 9 11 through 12 um life under the sun does not always go according to one's expectations success is not guaranteed even to the swift. CP. Ashiel. Oh, and it was talking about looking into um, to Psalms or Second Samuel where we're talking about Ashiel, the fast runner, the strong, the wise, the discerning and the skillful for this earth bound life is imperfect because of sin. The reverence to chance, to chance, the reference to chance, incident, event, occurrence. What happens to anyone? Here is no indication that the teacher has abandoned his view of God's sovereignty. To human beings, however, life can appear arbitrary. Two examples from nature show how suddenly and unexpectedly calamity may come upon human beings. So that was in full verses 9, 11 through, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 9, verse 11 through 12. And 12 in here says, For man certainly does not know his time. Like fish caught in a cruel net or like birds caught in a trap. So people are trapped in an evil time as it suddenly falls on them. But, so... When I when that scripture came to my mind when I was encouraging the young ladies about the right the race, um, what I told them is that that scripture is life's affirmation. That and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but like I said, I have not fully studied this. I just came upon that today. So I will be diving into it and studying best as I can and asking the Holy Spirit to give me full revelation about that. But what I came to was that, you know, we're all in this life. And I, I know it's in in the New Testament where I read that about the race too, but it didn't pop up. Um that we're all in this life 
and especially the only thing I could talk about is the body of Christ. We're in a race, not in competition with one another, as some may think. Everybody has been given their own purpose, their own um, task, their own um, abilities, their own um, assignments. Even if some of us have the same gifts, I don't believe that they are operated the same because I'm not like anybody else and somebody else is not like me. We may have similarities in how we do things, but we still have different personalities, right? So I can imagine that even though we've been giving, given maybe the same assignment to different people, it may look the same, it may feel the same, it may resemble or reflect the same, but it's not the same because the persons that are in the assignment or the, the assignment that's been given to that person, that particular person is going to have a different, I don't know if it's outcome or they're going to have a different response to it or it's going to be worked out the way that it's supposed to be worked out according to who that person is and that person's specific personality and specific purpose by God. And so, um, but when I told them, you know, that's a scripture for life's affirmation, meaning that we can use that for every situation in our lives and becoming a healthier person, a healthier me, a healthier them means that we're not in competition with anybody but ourselves. And even being in competition with ourselves, we really don't have to be in competition with ourselves. Because here's what I'm saying. When I've, when I've, um, you know, gotten to the place to where I, I want to actually lose the weight. I, in some cases, I did not prepare for it. I just said, I'm going to do it. Just cold turkey and stop eating what I'm not supposed to eat. And that did not last long. Or I've did some meal prepping and you know but I got bored with eating the same stuff every day or you know just so many different things started walking and stopped walking because of situations and mostly because of the these last two years allergies uh, the pollen is just ridiculous and I would always I kept finding myself having a headache all the time and I had no idea what it was but it had to do with my allergy you know allergies and being um, sensitive to the pollen in the atmosphere and this was back in 2019 um, but yeah, so it's it's like all these factors, you know, like it was saying in the scriptures, there's so many different things in this world that are going to come at us in life. And a lot of it is going to be unexpected. But what do we do when life happens, as they often say, when the unexpected happens? Do we give up or do we endure? Do we question it or do we learn from it? Do we get frustrated or do we find out how can I use this to move me towards my destiny or the purpose for which God has created me for? Do we stay stuck? Or do we change? So there are so many things. There are so many questions. So many actions. 
so many choices actually that we have to consider so when losing weight um we have to choose to do it there's that word again choosing choose a choice and same thing with life we have to choose life there is a scripture in the word of god that says um choose you this day who will you serve or the other scripture that says um choose life <laughs> basically um uh, i can't remember verbatim how it says but it's something to the fact that um i don't even want to go there but it says um mm-mm-mm. And I know the scripture. I just can't think of how I want to put it into words. I I see it right here. I see it in my mind. Um, something about I have before you life or death. You know that scripture? I'll find it. Life or death. And I'm going to find it right now. Excuse me. Because again, some of this I was not planning on talking. Um, saying, but. It's here. I'm here. So, but um, as I find that, but yeah, we have to choose to be healthy because it's not going to happen by osmosis. It's not going to happen magically. And I was just asking God yesterday, how or was it today? How did I get to the point to where I wanted to or I, I became this person who lives in fantasy? you know and want to escape reality because that was a lot of things a lot of times i would do that i would want to escape reality and so hence that was the overeating that was distressing you know depression and just eating even when i wasn't hungry because people deal with depression in different ways just because a person is eating does not mean that they're hungry you know it's just something that they are accustomed to doing and for me, I was like, well, I have to eat because I need my nourish, you know, I need to nu- the nutrients or whatever, even though what I was eating was not, it was nowhere near <laughs> giving me nutrients. <laughs> so that defeated the purpose um, of what I was trying to do or told myself I was trying to do. But as I was giving encouragement to the ladies and just telling them, hey, you have to pace yourself because it took a long time to get the weight on you. It's going to take a minute to get it off of you. For some, it happens really quickly. And then they get to that point to where they call it a plateau where your body and weight is just not moving and they become discouraged. And so I don't want anybody to become discouraged because we're expecting stuff to go quickly like me. That's oftentimes when I would get discouraged and I would just give up, you know, because I wasn't seeing the results that I was working hard for. Um, in 2015 (laughs) you know but I wasn't seeing it on the scale and then I found out that you know there are certain things that happen in your in the process of you losing weight that your body it goes through this like metamorphosis so it it has been conditioned to perform um negatively basically because of how we've done what we've done to it in overeating and eating bad stuff you know and so um it's been accustomed to getting those 
bad things. And so um, now that you're telling it to change how it's supposed to perform. How it's supposed to perform. And it's, it's having a fit. It's like, no, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been holding on to this fat for 20 years. And now you want me to get rid of it? Are you serious? Are you crazy? No, I'm not going to do that. So basically your body is saying, no, I'm not going to do what you're trying to get me to do because I've been holding on to this for a long time. And this is the source of life for me. This is the source of my um, nutrients and stuff. And so I'm not going to let it go. No, you're crazy. So your body is going to fight you. <laughs> basically, your body is going to fight you and it's going to hold on. It's going to resist to what you're doing. Oh, my God, I'm talking to myself. It's going to resist to what you what you're doing or what you're trying to get it to do. Because, again, this is a condition that we have. Um, um, what's the word? It's a it's a condition. It's it's a, a a habit. It's a bad habit actually that you know we have been in for so long and it's hard to let it go. And this is why it's hard for me for others to let go of the bad eating because we've done it so long and it tastes so good, but really it doesn't taste good because you're disgusted with yourself because you're still eating the way that you know not to eat. Does that make sense? And so this is a very long podcast and I apologize for that, but I really hope that what I'm telling, what I'm expressing to you guys, I'm sharing from my heart. I'm sharing from, from that place of internalizing things. And, um, this is, this is what's being, you know, poured out. So, um, but yeah, it's change is hard only because there's work involved. Ouch. <laughs> I have come to realize that I do not like change. You know, I want change, but change is uncomfortable. Change means I have to work to do something opposite of what I've been doing. See, it's easy to stay unhealthy. It's easy to just be but when you actually want to be better than what you've been and do more than what you've done and be all that God has said that you are to be so that he is glorified man oh yeah that's what's hard about it because we don't want to do it and not saying that we don't want to do it to the point that, you know, oh, I just don't want to do it. You want to do it, but that flesh, that habit, that that uh, conditioning does not want you to do it. And so that's what we have to fight against every single day. So that scripture speaks a lot because, again, how are we going to finish our race that's in this life that's in when it's time for God to call our names on the roll call of life, the book of life and say, Hey, it's time for you to come home. Will you be that person to say, I have emptied myself out 
and I have done everything that I felt God has led me to do and created me to do. And now I can go home. How will your race end with losing the weight physically from your body that you've been wanting to lose for 20 plus years, Lady Danielle? Are you going to continue to start and stop? Are you going to continue to resist change and what you know to do? Are you going to continue to stay the same and get frustrated every time you see yourself in the mirror and looking at your body and how it's expanded over the years and it doesn't even look like you are, I won't say human, but it just does not fit. And that's what I would often say from my neck down. It does not fit who I am. Mm, 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 mm. So I hope there's something that I've said that has encouraged you guys, that has encouraged you to keep moving forward, that has encouraged you to um, stop resisting change. Stop resisting what you know to do to get where you want to be and not just where you want to be, but where God wants you to be, because that so many things have are held up because of our resistance to what God has called us to do. Our resistance to change, changing the mindset. His word says in Romans 9, I'm sorry, Romans 12, 2, that we have to renew our minds. And how do we renew our minds? By the word of God, by spending time with him, by studying his word, by reading his word, by even asking him questions in prayer. It's okay to ask God questions. He's not that kind of person that's not that's going to say, hey, oh, my God, like we do. Oh, if you ask me one more question, oh, my God, can you stop asking me all these questions? No. He is the manufacturer of our soul, our very being. So why not go to the manufacturer, the one who created us and ask him why this? Why am I thinking this way? When did this happen? When did this thought come? Now, don't question him. When he tells you to do something and you want to question his authority, don't do that. Mm-mm, don't do that. <laughs> you, you're not going to no, know. Don't do that. But we can ask God questions because we need understanding. And he says in all that getting, get an understanding. You know, wisdom is the principal thing. Ask God for wisdom, you know. But yes, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's Romans 12 and 2. So, again, as I close out, I pray that the Father will help you on your journey, whether it's to lose weight, um, physical weight, whether it's to lose um, emotional weight, um, psychological weight, um, spiritual weight, the things that have bombarded us in our lives that has caused us to reach out to negativity and do excessive things to self-medicate to help us feel better and not turn to the one only one who can help us to be at peace with ourselves and with everything else in life i pray that he 
will give you understanding of what your call is. I, th- I pray that he will give you understanding of what his purposes are for you and that you will glorify him in whatever he's given you to do. Whatever your particular ministry is, whatever your particular particular destiny is. And again, you're not in competition with anybody but yourself. And even not even in competition with yourself. Just pace yourself. Because in the end, you will have victory. You already have the victory. Because like my pastor says, we fight from victory. Because Jesus did it all. He paid it all. You know? And so, with these words, I just pray that you will experience life and experience life abundantly as Jesus promised us. And as I speak to you, I speak to me. And I cried before I got on here because I, the thought that I had was you are an encourager. You are my encourager, one of my encouragers. When you encourage others, you stay encouraged. So whatever your gift is, if you're not doing it, you're doing a disservice to yourself. It doesn't have to be anything that's big. It's not about that. It's just about you doing what God has called you to do. You don't have to be seen. It's not about that because people who are seen, they're they're not exactly doing what God has called them to do. They're just doing it to be seen and putting God on it. But he not even he don't even co-sign it, you know. So we want to be genuine. We want to be unique and we want to honor God with our lives. So I pray in Jesus name that you are encouraged I pray in Jesus name that you would share this with others who are going through a tough time during this pandemic, whether it's the loss of family members, where it's the loss of jobs, whether it's just feeling them feeling alone to let them know that they are not alone, that God is always there. And yes, pick up a phone and call somebody. Them too. You know, everyone can do what we can do to reach out to someone and just let them know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Send them a text. You know, it it doesn't take much. Send them a piece of mail. Just do something to brighten up somebody's day. I pray again that you have um, been inspired, that you've been encouraged, because that's my job is to encourage others. And as I encourage you, I encourage myself. And even if I don't no, I can't even say that anymore because he told me today I am one of his encouragers. And so when I encourage others, I encourage myself. And that's my life. That's life for me. So whatever it is that God has given you to do, that is your life. That is a part of who you are. That is a part of your spiritual DNA. And if you're not doing what you were created to do, you are dying. And we want you to live. God wants you to live. So be blessed, my people. I love you all. I don't know who you are, but I hope you're getting to know me and I hope we can get to know one another. God bless you. Bye bye.